we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. We have to find out if there is a reality that is not invented by thought, a reality that is not projected by thought in the field of time. Hello and welcome to episode 225 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast features carefully chosen extracts from the archives. The aim is to represent different aspects of Krishnamurti's radical approach to many of the issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is reality. Upcoming themes are will, emptiness and questioning. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in Hampshire, UK. Brockwood is also home to Brockwood Park School, a unique international boarding school offering a personalised holistic education. It is deeply inspired by Krishnamurti's teaching, which encourages academic excellence, self-understanding, creativity and integrity. Please visit brockwood.org.uk for more information. You can also find our regular Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on your podcast app. This week's episode on reality has four sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's fourth talk in Ojai 1976 and is titled Our Mechanistic Reality. We must understand what is reality And what is truth? This is not a speculative question. It concerns our life. Therefore, we must understand very deeply the nature of reality. When we talk about reality, we mean that everything that thought has put together, both outwardly and inwardly. The outward movement is the inner movement, and the inner movement is the outer movement. There is no division between the outer and the inner. And whatever thought has put together, that is reality. Thought has not put together the trees, the mountains, the lakes, But thought has put together the whole technological area, with all its enormous, complicated machinery, 
based upon knowledge. That is also reality, because it is part of thought. And also it is reality. All the illusions and the neurotic behaviour, the beliefs, the dogmas, the rituals, the desire for experience and so on, are reality. We are concerned with the transformation and bringing order in that reality. The reality of the things of thought. I hope we are meeting each other. Because if I may point out, this is rather important to understand. When we go into the question of pleasure and whether the human mind, your mind, can ever be free from sorrow, or must sorrow continue endlessly? So, to find that out, we must inquire very deeply into the question of what is reality. We are saying that nature, the trees, the mountains, the lakes, and the beauty of nature, is not created by thought, but that is a reality, that is an actuality. But all the Psychological structure put together by thought, the me and the not me, the I and the you, we and they, the communist, the socialist, the imperialist, the business, all that area of the psyche is a reality. And the neurotic behaviour, the illusions, the beliefs, also that is a reality. And to bring order in that reality, which is the reality which thought has created as the me, as the you, the divisions between nationalities, between the beliefs, dogmas, all the right. In that confusion, there must be order. Because without order, no society, no different kind of culture can come into being. We disregard order. We think that is not old-fashioned, that is square or whatever name you give to it. We think order is mechanical, and therefore we want to be free of mechanical habits, mechanical traditions, mechanical culture, and so in disregarding it. 
we are bringing confusion and not order. I hope you, we are sharing this together, not agreeing with the speaker or disagreeing, but examining. And in the process of examination, there must be no prejudice or a particular direction in the examination. We are disorderly people. I don't know if you have watched yourself walking down the road, sloppy, uncombed hair, dirty, unconcerned, all the things that are happening. A permissive, thoughtless society in which we have created, not only in this country, but right throughout the world is taking place, because America has become the standard of the world. The affluent society is the highest form of society, apparently, and the world is copying it. And unless in that reality, please follow this, if you don't mind, unless there is order in the structure of thought, in the world of reality, which is the world in which we live daily, we will not be able to end sorrow. A man who is concerned with the understanding and going beyond sorrow must bring order in life, in daily life. As we said, order has been regarded mechanical, conforming, following a particular pattern, moralistic, laid down by, by societies, by traditions, sanctions of, of religion and so on and so on. So one has to find out what is mechanical. You understand? Is the mind mechanical? Is your mind, which is the thought movement, is it mechanical? By we mean by mechanical that which has a cause. Any movement that has a cause with its effect and the effect becoming the cause, which is a, a process of a chain movement, that is mechanical. You understood? Please give your my little thought to this, if you don't mind, because this is really important to understand. Because we are going to find out if there is any part of the brain which is non-mechanical, or is the whole structure of the brain, of our mind, mechanical, repetitive. And we say that which is mechanical must always have a cause. 
the cause becoming the effect, and the effect becoming the cause for the next effect. That's a a process of enchainment, binding. As long as that process exists, there must be mechanical activity. Right? That is, if I act, if one acts according to a particular pattern established by experience as memory, and act according to that memory, that is binding, that is mechanical. Whether that mechanical habit is ten thousand years old or a week old. So there is a part of our brain, which you can observe it yourself, we are not a specialist, I am talking as a layman. We can observe in ourselves a part of the brain, which is the storehouse of memory, memory being experience, accumulated knowledge, and according to that knowledge, experience, memory, there is activity. Therefore, that is mechanical. And realising that, we revolt against it. Are we communicating with each other? I'll explain as we go along. It's quite a complex thing. So there is, we, our life, daily life, becomes a mechanical process. You have had certain experiences, certain incidents, which are which have become a memory, and according to that memory, thought responds and pursues in that circle, in that cycle. That is mechanical. And thought, which is based on memory, is mechanical. You understand, sir? So thought is mechanical. And the mechanical thought says, I must bring order in the things which I have created. You are following this? In the world of reality, not in nature, but in the world of reality, of human relationship, fear, pleasure, sorrow, it says, I must bring order. Thought has created this this confusion and says, I will bring order to it. Therefore, it brings more confusion. Is this clear? Are we meeting each other? No, please, don't, don't accept my words, but look at yourself and watch it. Your thinking is mechanical, because it's based on memory. Memory is 
experience knowledge. And thought says, I will bring order in the things which I have created, which is rather messy, confused. And that's what is happening politically. If you have watched it, with all the campaigning going on now, and that's what religions have done. All our human relationship has become mechanical. Right? Now we are inquiring is there an action, a way of living, which is non mechanistic? which is not based on the movement of thought as time. Are we understanding something of each other? So, we are going to find out if there is an action which is not mechanistic, and therefore we must understand very clearly what is reality. Reality, as the psychological reality in which we live, is mechanistic. And as long as there is activity in that mechanical existence of our life, there must be more confusion, more sorrow, more violence, more everything. Now we are going to find out if there is an action which is non-mechanistic. Is this clear? Can we proceed from there? I hope you have understood something of this, because it's your life. It's not my life. It's your way of living, your daily existence, which has become so utterly meaningless, so mechanistic, except for occasional freedom and so on. So we are going to go into this question whether there is an action, a way of living, which is not based on the mechanical repetition of memory, conforming to a pattern, a way of living in which there is no conflict, all that is involved. So there is this world of reality which thought has created, Christian Buddhist, all the rest of it. And what is truth? What is the relationship, if there is such a thing as truth, between truth and reality? That is, I want to find out if there is non-mechanistic action.
because if I can, if the human mind can find that, then I can begin to enquire into the whole structure and nature of pleasure. Whether pleasure is mechanistic and is there joy, ecstasy, real enjoyment which is non mechanistic. The second extract is from the second talk in Sanan, 1975, and is titled Freedom and Order in the World of Reality. So what is correct thinking? Not according to the speaker or according to you. Correct means accurate. Accurate means order. Therefore, thought in the world of reality, which we went into on Sunday morning, so we won't go on repeating the old thing, we said thought, whatever it thinks about, whatever it has created, constructed, technologically, psychologically and in relationship, all that area is the world of reality. The thought that has invented gods, the, the whole system of religious beliefs, dogmas, all that is the movement of thought as time and measure which operates in the world of reality. Reality means, I looked it up in the dictionary yesterday, reality comes from the word race which means thing, a thing. And thought is physical, Chemical, the which is a thing. So we have to find out in observing, and this observation needs freedom in the world of reality. <coughs> that, that too. May I go on? I'm exploring. So don't. Jump on me yet. Later on you can. There are two kinds of freedom. The freedom in the world of reality and freedom totally outside reality. If we deny freedom in the world of reality, then we become slaves to politicians, to ideologies, to dictatorships, to totalitarianism, to the whole structure of authority. <coughs> right? And you must have freedom in the world of reality, even to think correctly, which 
and the world be becoming more and more dangerous for human beings. People are depending for guidance, for authority, politically, religiously and so on. So people who are insecure, uncertain, do not see clearly, inevitably bring about dictatorship. Totalitarian of the gurus, please understand, of the gurus, of the politicians, of the priests, of the drug addicts. So there must be freedom in the world of reality, and there is no freedom if there is no clear perception. So I'm. I, you, must have clear perception of what is correct thinking, accurate thinking and not accurate thinking. You might ask, what value has correct thinking in the world of reality, I may think very correctly, in the sense we are talking correct, orderly. What value has it in a world that is confused, uncertain, unstable, disorderly? What value has it if you see clearly? That's an inevitable question. To answer that properly, correctly, one must consider consciousness and its content. May I go on? You don't mind my talking like this? The content of consciousness, which is what you have, which each one has, that content is brought about by the priests, the politicians, by experience, by knowledge, by grief, by pain, by attachment, by sorrow, by hope, by despair, all the reactions, all the things that one has acquired, Attached to the despair, the anxiety, the hope, all that is the content, if you observe your own mind, your own consciousness. And that consciousness of every human being, with all its content, is affected by the words, please follow this carefully, by the words, by what you read, by what you are told, how you are educated, propaganda, all the religious, political, economic, Marx, Engel, Mao, everything. If you 
think correctly in the world of reality, you are bringing about, or you know, a, an incident, a happening in that consciousness. I wonder if you understand what I am saying. Look, Lenin, Mao, and the priests in the name of Jesus, if he existed, have effect, affected our consciousness, have they not? The, the, the philosophers with their theories, with their ideas, with their tricks, have affected our consciousness. Whether you are aware of it or not, this is unimportant. It has affected. Hitler has affected you. Your consciousness, Mussolini, Stalin, every strong, violent incident happening affects consciousness, or even the most humble. Now, if I change, if there is clarity in the field of reality, I affect the whole of consciousness of man. You understand? Bound to. I am affecting you now. Either rationally or irrationally. So the question what value has a human being who thinks in the field of reality very correctly in face of this monstrous confusion? The correct answer is that where a human being changes radically in the field of reality, correctly, he affects it, that consciousness, as irrational thinking affects consciousness. Right? So, I real, one realizes that. Freedom in the world of reality is necessary for clarity. Please follow, this is really deeply important. That means freedom from total authority, Not the technological authority, not the authority of surgeon, doctor, and all the rest of it. The psychological authority. So, the acceptance of authority is incorrect thinking. Whether the authority of the guru, the priest, the politician, you follow? Psychologically. So that one begins to see clearly that in the world of reality, which is the, which is the field of the operation or the process of thought, thought has created authority, belief, as a means of its own security, of its own certainty, and clings to things which have no validity at all. 
I once saw a person who has been brought up in the Catholic world in that very narrow, restricted Catholicism and at the age of forty that person left it and he came to see me casually one day and he said, the only thing I'm afraid of, though I've left my church and all the dogmas, etc., etc., I'm afraid of hell. Now, it sounds very funny. But you see, the, the depth of, of, of wanting complete security, psychologically, will bring about the most extraordinary activity of attachment to something totally unreal, illogical, insane. So can you, listening to this, see, be aware of disattachment to authority, to belief, to, to knowledge as guide. So, then you begin to see that in the world of reality there must be order. And this order is not possible if there is no freedom. Please, these aren't just words, but feed it with your heart and mind, then you will have this freedom. So, disorder is authority, in the sense we are using that word, which is logical, which is sane, which is not incorrect, and this disorder is brought about by belief, your belief, my belief, your opinion, my opinion, your judgment, my judgment, and the assertions of all the priests and so on. So, we live, or rather, our consciousness is in total disorder. And to be aware of this disorder, not through words or descriptions of the speaker, but actually be aware of it and see where you are, where your thought is totally incorrect and finish with it not carry on day after day, that's then it's no meaning. Then you are fit for an aside. So the mind then, thought then, brings order in the world of reality. You understand?
قاسم آرڈر مینس اسٹیبلٹی سیکیورٹی سائیکولوجیکل وچ دین ول برنگ اباؤٹ سیکیورٹی اینڈ آرڈر آؤٹ ورلڈ ناٹ دی ادر وے اراؤنڈ آئی وانٹ ٹو فیو سی دیٹ دیٹ از All the organized religions have said there is no order in this world. You cannot have order in this world. There is only order in heaven. Each religion puts it different ways, but basically that is that. And the environmentalists, the Marxists, the communists say, control the environment, shape the environment by thought, of course you can't shape it any other way, then that will change man. <coughs> you understand it? The religions say there is no order in this world, cannot be, there can be minimum of minimum of order, but there is order of beauty in heaven, not here. And the others, the communists, the socialists, the materialists, the humanitarians, the communist Marxists, they say, change the environment, then that environment will change man, which has not happened, which will never happen. And there is the other, which is what we are talking about, which is said there must be order in this world, in the world of reality. Otherwise, there is no security in the world, in this reality, in this world of reality. And this order can only come about when there is correct thinking, not neurotic thinking. Right? Does this order take place in you as you are listening? That is the vital good. You follow? Otherwise you are just playing games with me and I refuse to play games with you. I don't want to play games Right? So, then what is order in the world of reality? We know what creates disorder. belief, separativeness, psychologically. You may be taller, you may be this or that, that I'm not talking of that physical division, but psychological division. Where there is division, there must be conflict. Where there is division between me as the observer and the observed, which is division, there must be conflict, which will go, I'm going to go into this presently. So, wherever there is psychological division, as the Arab and the Jew, the Hindu and the Muslim, the Copt- and so on, so on, so on, there must be conflict. 
that is law, that is order, that is correct thinking in the field of reality. So how can there be order that is order being the freedom from disorder? Because I have understood what is disorder, how disorder comes about through wrong thinking, through various forms of ideological pursuits and their attachments to those pursuits. All that creates disorder. I have understood it, I have seen it, it is, I have eschewed it, put it completely away, finished. Therefore, out of that complete sense of freedom from disorder, there is order, which cannot be systematized, which cannot be put into a pattern, because it's a living thing, though in the world of reality. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's seventh talk in Sanan, 1976, and is titled Reality Includes Illusion. Everything thought has put together is reality, right? The tent has been put together by thought, it's a reality. The tree has not been put together by thought, it's a reality. You are once il- the illusions are a reality. The illusion that one has, the imaginations, all that, is a reality. And the act from that illusions is neurotic, which is a reality. So you must see, first, when you are asked this question, what is right livelihood, you must understand what is reality, right? Reality is not truth. We'll go into that a little later, if we have time. So there is reality. Now what is correct action in this reality? You follow? Now, how will you discover what is right in this reality? Discover for yourself, not to be told. Then you're. <laughs> if I tell you that, do go and do this, then you might regret it, and then cuss me at the end of it. So you have to find out what is the accurate, correct, right action, or right livelihood in the world of reality. Reality includes illusion. Don't. Escape, don't move away, illusion and the activities of illusion. Like belief is an illusion and the activities of belief is neurotic. Believing in nation and all the rest is another form of reality but an illusion. So, taking all that as a reality, what is the right action there? 
You understand? Who is going to dictate, who is going to tell you? Nobody, obviously. So, when you see, please listen, Sadhisho, when you see reality without illusion, which is also reality, the very perception of that reality is your intelligence, right? In which there is no mixture of reality and illusion and all the rest of it. So, when there is observation of reality, which is the reality of the tree, reality of the tent, reality which thought has put together, including vision, illusions, when you see all the reality, that reality, the very perception of that is your intelligence, isn't it? Right? So, your intelligence says what you are going to do. I wonder if you get this. Do you understand this? Intelligence is to perceive what is and what is not. To perceive what is and see the reality of what is, which means you don't have any psychological involvement, psychological demands, which are all forms of illusion. To see all that is intelligence, and that intelligence is, will operate wherever you are. Therefore that will tell you what to do. Now, <coughs> Then what is truth? Reality, we said, right? And what is truth? Certainly not reality. So there is truth. You have, one has to go into it. I am time to go now. There is truth. Then what is the link between reali- reality and truth? You understand? The link is this intelligence, that intelligence that sees the totality of reality and therefore doesn't carry it over to truth. And the truth then operates on reality through intelligence. I've got it. The final extract in this episode is from the third talk in Bangalore, 1973, and is titled, Is There a Reality Beyond Thought? So the religious mind, and this is not a theory, not a conclusion, not a speculative assertion, but when we have gone into it very deeply, you will find that you are totally outside of all the things man has put together in his fear, in his desire to find permanency. You are totally outside all that. And then 
we can proceed to find out what it means to meditate. What is meditation? You understand what I have said? That you cannot possibly ask that question or try to meditate without laying the foundation. The foundation is self-knowing. Foundation is in relationship, in which there is no conflict. Foundation is order in our daily life. Order is virtue, is morality. And that order, which becomes extraordinarily precise, like in mathematics, that order is not a pattern to be followed, a blueprint established by another or established by yourself. This order comes naturally, sweetly, uninvited, when you understand disorder in which the human mind lives. The disorder is this contradiction, this fragmentation, this corruption of the mind that has divided itself into various categories of action. So there must be order, which means no confusion, only clarity. Unless you lay this foundation of daily life, of affection, consideration, and that strange thing called love, meditation will mean absolutely nothing. It will offer an escape. So what is meditation? What is the meditative mind that is investigating (coughs) into reality. Please, as we said, we are sharing this together. 
We are sharing this together. Our responsibility is when the world is such in such chaos, such misery, when human beings are slaughtering each other, when we have lost all touch with nature, when we are the world and the world is us, and it behoves us as human beings to bring about a radical transformation in ourselves and therefore in our society, in our culture. And we must find this out, not from your guru, not from the speaker, because your, the speaker is not your guru. He has no authority, he has no followers. Only he is willing to share and sharing means love care, consideration. And we have to find out through meditation if there is a reality or not. A reality that is not invented by thought, a reality that is not projected by thought in the field of time. So, we must find out, inquire together, into what is meditation? A great deal has been written, talked about, practiced. Now let us dispose of all the practices. Practice implies direction, a mechanical observation of a pattern laid down by somebody, leading to a fixed point, which is called enlightenment or truth, a fixed point, like a lighthouse, in the dark sea, on the shore, of a, from the dark sea, the lighthouse is fixed, it is not living, it is not moving. And so those who practice and those who are advocate practicing 
systems, methods, are conforming to a pattern which they hope will lead to that lighthouse which is firmly fixed. And you say there are many paths leading to that thing which is fixed, which you call truth. First of all, using one's obvious reason, one can see that any practice, daily carried out, makes the mind mechanical. It is not sensitive, it is not sub. Sorry. <laughs> it is not supple. It is not quick. It is not free. Please see this. You practice great many systems, follow great many paths. Of four paths, as many paths as you can invent, always leading to a certain fixed point which you call God, reality, enlightenment, what you will. But you don't see that when you practice, you are making the mind and your heart dull, not free uncreative. And when you do practice, there is a contradiction between what you practice and what your life is. And you try to impose what you practice on your daily life, and therefore increase conflict. And also, is truth a fixed point, something static there? You can only see that anything that is dead has no movement, vitality, energy. Beauty is only something that is dead, fixed, and truth is not fixed, it's a living thing. Truth is not over there on the other side of the bank, it's not something which the thought has invented or some philosopher, or some uh, so-called enlightened human being had put into words. It's not over there, it is here. It is here in your daily life. And if your daily life is mechanical, 
then what you practice, what you do, will never come up on the reality. Do what you will. Please do understand this, for your own sake understand it. Because in India, in this country, which is ancient, which has so much tradition, there have been so many saints, so many philosophers, so many teachers and gurus, They've all said, apparently, not that I have read any of them, thank God, they all apparently have said, from what I have been told, that there is this thing called truth that is permanent, real, immovable, and so on, so on, so on. Truth is a living thing. A living thing has no place, no abode, it has no time, it's free of any conclusion, of any theory, 